little um, offerings that has come in uh, that goes straight into ministry for next year is $74,000 at this point. Yes, praise God for that. And so next Sunday will be the last Sunday for you to contribute uh, for uh, the year end of 2023. So we're excited. Thank you, Emily. I'm really excited to share the word with you today. And um, so you can give, get ready for prayer. You know, there's donut holes in the back. If you want to go get some, something that will that'll make you uh, jolly and um, a little bit more like Santa, go ahead and help yourself. And, uh, but, but let's talk about the... Let's talk about the Lord for a moment. Last week, um, I was thrilled, really, to bring a message to you that I think was a revelation that God just kind of dropped on us from the scripture. And if you were not here last week, I would encourage you to go and listen to that or watch that. Um, it, was, it came from John chapter 1. And in, if you remember, I, I said several times, I wish I had 30 minutes of 30 Sundays to talk about this. Well, I don't, but I do have about 15 minutes on this Sunday to talk a little bit more about what the Lord was saying last week. And I want to show you um, a couple of the verses that we began with. And if you uh, just bear with me, I know there's kids are coloring and all, there's a lot of movement and all that stuff. Can I just tell you, first of all, none of that stuff bothers me. I love it when our children are in service. I, re I really honestly do. I, yeah, let's give the Lord a hand like that. And, and the reason why is I think we are too addicted in our culture to pushing our children away or having someone watch them or someone else give us a break from them. This is an opportunity for families to sit together, hear the word together, worship, show a little bit of reverence and restraint, right, everybody? And just kind of work together as families. And so if you're annoyed by somebody else's kids, can I just ask you that you'd love those children with the love of God right now and don't be mean mugging the parents while I'm preaching, okay? So just, just keep, your, keep your opinions to yourself. Back in my day, okay, just, let's just... Let's just be patient with one another, forbear one another, love one another. John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14, John chapter 1, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. That was my message last week. And the next phrase is something that has just been leaping off of the page to me, and it's what I want to talk today he says and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen his glory glory as of the only son from the father full of grace and truth in the King James version that many of you are familiar with that phrase says and we beheld his glory and we beheld his glory everybody repeat that with me we beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Lord, help us to behold your glory. To see what the early disciples saw. To see you in your 
majesty, in your holiness, and your purity, and the glory that's exhibited in the Son. Help us with that, Father. Amen. Today's Christmas Eve message is behold his glory. It's possible for us to see him with eyes of the Spirit, with discernment from our inner man. And I want so badly that we can see him and see his glory. In fact, the glory that is, was manifesting in Son. One of the first things I thought when I was reading through this is what is that? What is the glory? What, does, what was John talking about? What did he see? How do you define glory within this context? And I, the best way I could define it for you is think like this, everybody, that the glory of a thing is its unique splendor. It's uniqueness and the splendor of its uniqueness. In fact, the glory of a thing is the full essence of that thing that is revealed and displayed. This is what John and the other disciples were seeing through the life of Jesus. They saw, wow, this is God. And we're seeing the fullness of God in this man, this person, in his eyes, in his words, in his touch, in his actions, in his prayer. When he's quiet and all alone, they saw things that, well, it just moved them so much because they saw the full essence of God revealed and displayed in all of the earth. My, my wife, uh, her favorite flower is the peony. I don't, she calls it a peony, I call it a peony. It's a really cool flower. Do y'all know, know what I'm talking about? Men are like, what's he talking about, Pastor Ron? I think years ago, Carrie and I went to Russia on, on a missions trip, and it was, the, it was the season when those peonies were blooming, and it was magnificent in Russia. It was just beautiful. They were everywhere. She fell in love with them. And on her birthday, I have been buying peony bushes, plants. They're all in their backyard. And what's fascinating to me is that on her birthday, which is May 11th, they're always in bloom. And so that's always a big deal. Around her birthday, these, these flowers, they are revealing their unique splendor. The full essence, the reason why the plant exists is to bloom. And to show the glory of right now, if you go in our backyard and look at these peony bushes, they look really sad. They, they look like they're dead. I mean, I was looking at them when I was preparing this. I went out and just took a look, and I'm like, maybe I should take a picture of that. But when the season is here, at the right time, in the fullness of time, those dormant, dead plants, they turn into this. Well, I have, a, I have a picture, I think. Look at that, everybody. So that's one of Carrie's peonies last year that she picked. They're all over our house. I mean, if you're friends with us, you know they're everywhere. They're all over our house. And they're, and they're so beautiful. And the, this flower that you see 
behind me. Think of it as the unique splendor of the, of the, of the bush itself. It's, it's displayed. It reveals the full essence of it. And John says here that God became flesh and we saw him. We saw God. We saw the fullness of his essence displayed before our own eyes. The only begotten of the Father. He says this not just one time in the Gospel of John. He wrote several books. This is John. Peter, James, and John, James and John brothers. John was considered, or at least he considered himself, the closest of the disciples to Jesus. And he wrote also in 1 John, the letter of 1 John, the epistle of 1 John. I want, I want, I want to show you these verses. And before I read through this, I know some of you are already checking it out on the screen. The setting here, this is about 30 years after he, he uh, was with the Lord. And the resurrection has occurred. And there are a group of false teachers that are, well, John says they came from us in Jerusalem. And they're going around spreading a false teaching. They were questioning the divinity of Christ, the deity of Jesus. And John was um, combating that false doctrine. And I, I find this so interesting because they were spreading the lie that Jesus was not the Son of God. He was not God in the flesh. He, he was either a mirage or a phony or some of them even taught that he was just a human being but the anointing would come upon him of the Son would come upon him and then it would leave. And so there were all kinds of strange thoughts. But look what the Apostle John says. Verse 1, we saw him. This is in the Passion Translation. It's a little bit of a paraphrase, but I want you, it, it captures the fullness of this language. We saw him with our very own eyes. We gazed upon him and heard him speak. Our hands actually touched him. The one who was from the beginning, that sounds familiar, right, from John's writing? The one who was from the beginning, look what he says, the living expression of God, the full essence of God. He was the unique splendor of all that God is, and he dawned upon us. Look at the next verse, the life giver, this life giver was made visible, and we have seen him. We testify to this truth, that the eternal life giver lived face to face with the Father, but now he has dawned upon us. That's glorious, everybody. That's powerful. That's Christmas. God made flesh so that God can be known in the Son, Jesus Christ. Hey, he was not a mirage. He was not just a human that had a lot of wisdom. He is the eternal God who humbled himself and became a man, took on the form of a servant, and revealed the fullness of God and reconciled us back to him, delivered us from our sin, and gave us the power to become children of the Most High God, just like Jesus. Can you say amen? 
and we beheld his glory. You know, I, 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 there's, there's lots of times I know that there are a lot of people that come to church and they worship God and they sing a few songs, but then there is a place sometimes when God opens up a spiritual revelation where you just see with spiritual eyes the glory and the magnificence of God and you can't help but be in awe. That's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for this Christmas for your family. It's my desire that you as parents would take an opportunity and bring your children and your family into this revelation that Christmas even though it's, worshiped, it's celebrated by those that are secular and don't know God, it's even, it's even celebrated by non-Christians and other religions. But can I tell you that Christmas is not about uh, candy corn, I mean, or candy canes and Christmas trees and presents. And I can't help it. I get Halloween and Christmas mixed up sometimes. Everybody, are you hearing me today? It's about Jesus. And he is the unique essence of the glory of God, and we can behold his glory. I just want you to behold his glory today, everybody. It's Christmas Eve. So let's behold his glory as it was revealed to Mary. Luke 1, verse 26, familiar passage. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to the city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this would be. I just can't imagine that moment. And the angel said to her, Don't be afraid, Mary, for you found favor with God. And behold... You will conceive in the womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him a throne, in the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child born, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Behold, your relative Elizabeth in old age is conceived and is in the sixth month of her pregnancy. And she was once married for nothing, for with God, nothing. Everybody say, nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, I'm your servant. Let it be according to your word. This is such a powerful revelation that God was made flesh and we beheld his glory. One writer says this of the incarnation that Christmas is about the creator of the universe who exists outside of the universe, moving himself into the realm of the universe that he made that universe that now is mostly in rebellion against God of his son moved into this universe so that he could save those that were in rebellion against him. Paul said it this way, great. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. This is what Christmas is about. 
He came into the world to save sinners. And I want you to behold the glory that God would create the universe, exist outside of time and space in the universe, but then decide to come into the universe to save a corrupted, rebellious people from their sin. And, and, and quickly, four things he showed, the, the angel Gabriel showed Mary about his glory. Number one is that he's going to be called holy. Everybody say holy. The child to be born will be called holy. This means pure and good without defect or defense, deficiency. He is holy. And his holiness the, is the uniqueness of his splendor. There's nobody like him. There have been a lot of babies born before him. A lot of babies were born after him. But none were born like him. None were born like him. He is unique. He is magnificent. He is majestic. He is separated because he is holy. And, and the, the truth is, is that because he's holy, we have hope. Because that means that Jesus, in his holiness, that he is fit to die as a spotless, sinless, substitutionary lamb that could take upon the sins of the world and offer himself as the payment for the penalty of every sin that's ever been committed. And he was worthy to do that only because he's holy. That's glory. I wish you could behold his glory today. Here's the other thing that gives us hope is that he's fit to rule as a flawless king because he's holy. He's also called the son of God. This means that when God became flesh, he was both divine and human. And John says, and we beheld that, that incredible, mysterious thing. We beheld his glory. The glory as the only begotten son of the father. There were a lot of times that they would see Jesus accomplish things and they're like, who could do that? Who could speak to a dead man behind a tomb and say, Lazarus, come forth, and the dead man comes walking out? Who could lay his hands on a little dead girl and say, come forth and her open up her eyes and be awakened? Come on, who can speak to a storm and say, peace be still, and it stops at the command of his word? Who could do that? The one who is holy? The one who has the authority over all that is, has been created? The creator, the eternal creator God, only Jesus could do that. And John's like, over and over and over and over, we beheld his glory. Because only he could do that. Then there was this instance, this event that happened, and I just have to, I just have to share it with you. It's found in Mark 9 and, and also in Matthew 17. Some of you will be familiar with it. It's the story of the Mount of Transfiguration. It, it says that Jesus took Peter, James, and John. Remember, John is the one who coined the phrase, we beheld his glory. We touched him, we saw him, we heard him. And we beheld his glory. The glory as the only son of God. And so Peter, James, and John are up on this mountain. And all of a sudden something happens. It's as though God removed the veil of humanness. 
And it says that Jesus, his face began to shine like the sun. His radiance began to awake, shine. And his clothes, uh, his clothes turned white as light. And, and Elijah and Isaiah, they, they showed up and they began to, sh- to speak with Jesus. Elijah and Moses, I'm sorry. And they appeared talking to Jesus. And then it's this holy moment. And while Peter was talking to Moses and Elijah, the lawgiver and the prophets, Peter, they're all freaking out, but he has this moment. And, and he interrupts the conversation. Some of you are more like Peter than you think. You know, and then it's really the moment just to shut up, everybody. I mean, the glory of God is manifest, and he's so blessed to just be on the mountain. Just Have you ever thought to yourself, I should just shut up and enjoy the moment? But his mouth got the best of him. He had a great idea. He says to Jesus, this is incredible. Wouldn't it be great if I built three altars? One for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was yet speaking, before he could get it out of his mouth, a majestic voice came from heaven. I know they put it up on the screen behind me. You've already read it, but I'm going to read it to you. Now, while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. And a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love, who I am well pleased. Listen to him. In other words, Forget about Moses and Elijah. This is the holy son of God. The unique unique splendor of the fullness of God dwells in him and only in him. This is the son of God in whom I'm well pleased. This is who you need to listen to. Forget about three crosses or three, uh, three altars or three ways to celebrate are three people this is only about Jesus everybody there's one way to God the father and it's through the son he said I am the way the truth and the life nobody comes to the father through Moses nobody comes through Elijah nobody comes through to the father through anyone else except through Jesus come on everybody can you celebrate Jesus I want you to behold his glory Well, Pastor Ron, that's so intolerant. That's so exclusive. What if it's truth? What if it's absolute, incredible truth? And you've convinced yourself or listened to somebody else that would say there's all kinds of ways to God and there's not. Would you want to deceive somebody to think they could find the Father by just being good? Or by following some other religious path towards heaven? What if it's truth that he's the only way and he is the Son of God? I'm convinced that it is and I've given my life to telling people the good news that Jesus has come. And we've beheld his glory. And when the disciples heard this, they fell face down on the ground terrified I think about poor Peter he's face down thinking I should have kept my mouth shut I should have kept my mouth shut and when John says we beheld his glory 
I wonder if he was thinking about this moment when the father says, this is the son. And Jesus, when the moment ceased, it says he reached down and he touched him and said, get up. I'm sure laughing and smiling. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one but Jesus. You understand words are not wasted in the Bible. You know, if you keep reading, and some of you are, I know, it says in verse 9, and Jesus said this to them. He said, as they were coming down off the mountain, he goes, um, fellas, by the way, don't tell anybody what you just seen. I find this so interesting. He literally said, don't tell anybody what you've seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. How did they miss that part? Because when Jesus was arrested and being crucified and was being killed, Peter was denying the Lord. Because he missed this part. 30 years later, Peter retells this event in, in his letter, the second letter, 2 Peter 1, verse 16. I want you to see this, everybody. Look at this. This is in the New Living Translation. For we are, were not making up clever stories when we told you about the powerful coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at the verbiage here, everybody. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes. We saw his majestic splendor with our own eyes when he received honor and glory from God the Father. Look what he says in the next sentence. When the voice from the majestic glory of God said to him, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Then he goes on and says, you know, because of that experience that we had 30 years ago, that we'll never forget, we are more convinced now that we should obey the prophets because he is the Messiah. He's come in the flesh. God made flesh. He is the majestic, full essence of all that God is, and that is his glory. I wish you'd just behold his glory, everybody, that you could see in your spirit his glory. Gabriel told Mary that he is to be called Jesus. I mean, many of you may not realize this, but Jesus, when it's the name Jesus, the word Jesus transliterated in Greek is the word Isus. And this word corresponds with the Hebrew word Joshua, which means Jehovah saves. So every time they spoke the name Jesus, they were saying Savior. That was his name. He was called Savior. Everybody say Savior. He didn't, he didn't come to save the righteous. He came to save sinners. This is the reason Christ came into the world. So everybody, he's the holy son of God who comes to save. That's his glory. And in Luke 1.31, Gabriel told Mary, you're going to conceive in your womb and bear a son. You'll call his name Jesus. For he'll, 
In Matthew's gospel, it says he shall save his people from their sins. And verse 33, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. That's the fourth thing, everybody. In fact, won't you stand with me? Is that he's holy. He's the son of God that existed before creation. He came to save us from our sin. And he's our forever king. You know, the king of Israel has also become the king of the universe. And he will never be replaced. By the way, how many, how many are thank you, thankful that Jesus will be always sitting upon his throne? And, 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 and there will never be another successor. He's not going to die and be replaced. And thank God we're not going to have an election. I'm going to say that again because that's kind of weak. Thank God we're not going to have another election. I don't think you get the point, everybody. We will never have another election. Jesus is king forever and ever and ever. He's holy, so there'll never be any corruption. Come on, everybody. He's worthy to rule, and you and I are thankful that he is. Can you celebrate King Jesus today? I mean, this is the greatness of Christmas. Everybody, can you behold his glory? This is the promise of the Father. And this, his glory, is the unique splendor of the Son. The essence, the full essence and embodiment of God revealed to us through Christ. That's what Christmas is all about. The last words that the risen Jesus spoke to John. Revelation. Chapter 22. Oh, you got to hear this, everybody. Look at it. Jesus is closing out the revelation that he spoke to John. And he says this. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright morning star. Look what he says in verse 17. The spirit and the bride say, say it with me, everybody. Come. And let the one who hears say it with me, everybody. And let the one who is thirsty say it again. Just come. And let the one who wishes to take of the free gift. <laughs> of the water of life. Just come. Are you thirsty for God? Is something missing in your life?
the glorious God of eternity has broke forth into the universe, conquered sin and death, sits on his throne ruling over all of your adversaries and your accusers. He has the ability to erase the penalty and punishment of all of your sins. To give you a fresh new start. He came to his own and his own did not receive him. Are you going to be like that? Or will you receive him today? He says come. God's not forcing you to bow down before Jesus. He's inviting you to come. Jesus is the life giver and he is offering the thirsty a free gift of water that quenches your spiritual thirst. I just want you to tap into that desire and ask God to grow it. No matter how minimal that desire to find God is, ask God to fan it into a flame, a passion for you to know the living God who has the power to give you life. Everybody, would you bow your heads with me? Hey, if I'm talking to you, you online, you are in this room, and you say, Pastor Ron, man, that's me. I'm thirsty for God, and I want him more than anything else. Raise your hand. Come on, let him see. Let the Lord see your hand if that's you. And pray this prayer with me then on this Christmas Eve. Jesus, I come to you. I'm answering your invitation. And I come to God through the Son. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Rule in my life. Save me from my past sin. And give me a new life in Christ, I pray. In Jesus' name. Hey, pray that prayer. I'm going to call you to action. That prayer was for you. I'm going to call you to action. I'm going to ask you to go online and just fill out. There's a little QR code in the seat back in front of you. You'll find a way to just... Scan that QR card. Let us know. I gave my life to Jesus. I, I, I came to Christ and I want help. And let us help you grow as a new believer. And 2024 be the greatest year of your life. Everybody, come on. Let's celebrate Jesus. Merry Christmas to you. Come on, we're going to close by just worshiping together. Let's behold his glory, everybody. All right, come on, let's worship with Sean and the team, and then we'll dismiss you and let you go and have your Christmas fun today. Glory to God. <laughs>